today on City Cash Chicago. Is city council doing enough to help arriving migrants? Why is traffic getting worse and worse? And do you need some weekend plans the next couple weeks? I got you. We're tackling all of that and more with Melody Mercado of Block Club Chicago and Charles Preston with Injustice Watch. It's Friday, May 26th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. Good morning, Melody. Good morning, Charles. Welcome to CityCast. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be here. Hey, I appreciate y'all being here. I'm glad our listeners and, and subscribers have this opportunity to hear from y'all. But we're going to start with a conversation we've been having this week. Obviously, the weather has broken, which means it's time for us to get outside, drinking, dining, having a good time. So I want to know, what is y'all preferred outdoor dining situation? When you go going out fresco, are you looking for a nice little rooftop or are you looking for a patio? Melody, I'm going to start with you. Are you a patio or a rooftop type of G? You know... Sometimes I like to be bougie and I feel like rooftops fit that vibe. <laughs> I, I gotta say, Come on. I love me a good Let, rooftop. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> love a good rooftop. Let, let's let's when be I, honest about it. Yeah, when I'm trying to get that vitamin D and I just want to be laying out and just chilling. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like them. And they don't all have to be like 26 floors up, 30 floors up. Everything ain't got to be the signature room on the 95th. You know, sometimes a little six floor walk up. I think ABBA, which is one of my favorite rooftops in the West Loop, they got this lamb ragu hummus that your boy loves. Anybody want to take a work meeting? That's where we're going. I'm just letting you know now we're going to ABBA in the West Loop. And I think their rooftop might only be like three or four floors up, but but it's still nice. Uh, Charles, where you fall on the on the discussion? You a bougie rooftopper or you a more accessible patio goer, as, as Simone would call it? Look, I, I, I think I'm going to take the coward's way out and say both. <laughs> it depends on the amount of people on the rooftop. Make it all equal then. If all things is equal, same people, no reservation, perfect world. I ain't going to let you... I ain't gonna let you sc- Scooch out this way. If all things are equal, which would you prefer? I'm gonna go patio. Why? Because I feel like I do like to be bougie and get the little exclusive feel on the rooftop. But in Chicago, it ain't always gonna be exclusive. We're gonna have a whole bunch of people on the rooftop taking pictures, Instagramming. I'm not with that vibe. You know, if I'm on the rooftop, I want to be the like one of five people on the rooftop. But the patio, you know, I get to people watch people crossing the street. You get to hear and see all of you know chicago walking by and um you might see something a little crazy while you're uh-huh. eating your dinner so <laughs> we got a few drinks a couple of weeks ago I, I would consider that was probably like a patio vibe right it was downtown a little fancy but it was definitely a patio situation so i mean i definitely don't mind a good patio but melody i'm with you g i'm trying to get bougie out this summer <laughs> here, g i'm trying to get bougie <laughs> Every single week on CityCast Chicago, we bring in these amazing voices from across the city to find out what stories were y'all following this week, writing about, reading about, learning about. And Melody, as our new CityCast guest, I want to start with you. What's that story that uh, was on the top of your mind this week? 
uh, traffic. Mm. <laughs> um, and I feel like when I say that, everyone groans, right? Um, mm-hmm. And every it's something that everybody is dealing with in every, you know, no matter what neighborhood you live in, whether you're commuting downtown or you're commuting out of the cities to someplace like Oak Brook or Wilmette or Gary, Indiana. Um, yeah, I talked with a lot of uh, drivers um, who told me, man, I got to go to Wilmette three times a week. It takes me up to two hours yeah. now. And I'm like, damn, I probably would just quit my job at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, just to condense it, there's a, there's a road construction on um, the Kennedy, the Stevenson, Interstate uh, 57, Lakeshore Drive, so really all those major highways that control traffic coming in and around the city, there's construction. And there's mm-hmm. some streetscape road construction happening in some various neighborhoods across Chicago. Um, and although there's no like road closures for that, I mean, it's a it's a kind of a headache. Uh, Charles, yeah. we over here by the Obama Center, and I mean, trying to get around the Museum of Science and Industry. Well, Ed, my homie was coming from 82nd and Jeffrey to my house on 51st and Dorchester. It took him about 45 minutes that day. Look, it's, it's totally ridiculous. Um, I live, yeah, like like I live in a woodland area, and so sometimes I want to get to Hyde Park or to the lake, and I got to go by the construction. And you know, yeah, the the they squeezing everything into like two lanes. Number one, and then number two is the potholes, and then the, just the 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 quality of the roads. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, traffic is definitely crazy in the city, which is uh, funny because that 290 construction is done, right? Like, remember when we they was doing there? that my whole life. <laughs> my whole life. They took a couple months off and they said, well, actually, we're going to start right. another four-to-five-year process. Melody, they always say, we got two seasons in Chicago. We got winter and we got construction. But is this year, with all of these different projects happening in neighborhoods, happening on highways, is it worse than usual? Yeah, you know, with, first of all, we got all this construction happening at the same time. It's like, are these agencies talking to each other? Hell no. They said they are. But also, I'm like, I mean, come on. No, it's definitely some of the worst, uh, the worst that people are experiencing. I talked to people who lived in Chicago their whole lives, maybe lived in in a certain neighborhood for 10 years, um, just moved maybe two years ago. Um, And they all say it's the worst that they've ever that they've ever experienced. Um, You know, we got some some data to show that uh, traffic or there's a, a as much cars and traffic um, as pre-pandemic levels are already approaching mm. that. And then with so many people working from home, it's changed traffic patterns. So now we don't really have the traditional times that you rely on for rush hour. If you head out at 11 noon, maybe you're just trying to get to a lunch that's maybe a 30 minute drive, you're going to be stuck in traffic. And that's what people have been to- telling me. And it's really made them, Uh, feel like they can't do last minute plans and it's made them stay a lot in in their own neighborhoods instead of venturing out uh, to to make plans with friends or to go shopping or to experience other neighborhoods even. Yeah. And at this time, it doesn't feel as if the more what are supposed to be accessible options feel that way. I mean, Divi prices have gone up. Uber and Lyft prices have gone up. We're consistently having a conversation about how the city feels about public transit, CTA, Metro and, and the likes. And so as somebody who cycles a lot, I definitely want to see the city not only figure out their construction pattern, but we 
got to invest in more equitable and accessible ways for people to get around this city. Um, and so we're going to continue to follow this throughout the summer as this sort of tries to rain down on our rooftop patio parades. Because, <laughs> I mean, it don't matter how bougie the rooftop is. If it took me two hours to get there, I'm going to be cranky and upset when I right. pull up in this slightly sweated out outfit. I do not pick up people from O'Hare. I do not. <laughs> Hey, I put that in my rider now. I'm like, I need to be flying in and out of Midway. Uh, please <laughs> do not make me go that far. Uh, we have been covering for the last year what has been a huge humanitarian crisis in the city is now more than 10,000 asylum seekers, largely Venezuelan uh, asylum seekers, have arrived to Chicago. And the question has been, is the city, is the state doing enough to provide resources? And Charles, we had some more updates this week on plans for shelters in other neighborhoods in the city. City council was thinking about taking up a measure. Can you provide us some updates on this crisis? So, yeah, uh, yeah. There was a far northwest side meeting um, at Wilbur Wright Co College. And um, yeah, the city held a two hour meeting that was like standing room only. Like it began a standing room only, but then other uh, folks from nearby communities in Dunning, Portage Park, they all packed into this one um, northwest side meeting to discuss uh, migrants being housed in uh, Wilbur Wright. And so, what was fascinating about these meetings, like they've been going all over the city, uh, there was one also in South Shore, is that you see a lot of um, contentious uh, thoughts about like uh, uh, this incoming population into uh, different communities. These are asylum seekers, right? These are people who are in Chicago at no fault of their own because you have a Texas governor who sent them over here on bus or they're sending them from Florida. So these are Republican governors sending busing migrants to cities who have dubbed and deemed themselves sanctuary cities. And yeah, you, you get xenophobia that is coming along mm -hmm. with some of this in terms of um, people not wanting people um, in their community and seeing them as like uh, a, a resource suck in, in some ways. It's, it's very uh, interesting. Um, yeah, the xenophobia both in the, in the South Shore meeting and also and this meeting that is on the far northwest side is is something that should be like named <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, as far as like us living in a sanctuary city. And also there is a complex issues that also underline and, and get people to that point. Right. And so like there's a lot of tough feelings, mixed feelings. We're dealing with Chicago's racism. Yes, it's, it's very, very layered and, and brings into question our history of disinvestment. It brings into question our history of providing services for uh, for Chicagoans, for arriving Chicagoans, for people moving here. And I wanted to ask you this question because one of your colleagues, Carlos Ballesteros, who we've had on the show a few times, he put out a tweet this morning that that really set uh, myself down for a second where I, he said, with all due respect to my colleagues, our local media screwed up by calling this a migrant crisis. Mm -hmm. 10K and nine months is peanuts compared to the Great Migration or when Poles, mm -hmm. Italians, and other Europeans came in the late 1800s. This is first and foremost a housing crisis. Melody, Charles, do you think we've been even having the right conversation? Absolutely. I think we've been... Um talking about this wrong. Uh, I, I agree with Carlos with really talking about a housing crisis. And um, there is no background for, uh, I, I think media should have made, do, done a better job of providing background for this issue. Uh, we haven't talked about Venezuela in our local news. We haven't talked about South America in our local news. Uh, 
there's also this history of Chicagoans and their tribalism. Like that is very real. Like when black folks first came to the city, they were met with violence, right? It's like when, when white immigrants or certain immigrants would come to the city, they were met with violence and there was always contentious around our communities. Um, and that is due to like city policy and segregation. And we haven't really talked about how we never really healed from that and cured from that. We just kind of like just move on and just keep going as like business as usual until now we're in modern day. And so many people are surprised at like what is coming out of these meetings. Melody, earlier this week, city council decided to punt an opportunity to vote on a $51 million funding package, which some alders who have pushed back says, you know, that money's going to run out and we're just going to be throwing more at the problem. We're not building uh, sort of sustainable ways to address it. And then others um, have sort of used these um, and, and re- anti-immigrant sentiments from their own communities to justify their hesitance to providing more resources. You know, what what does that look like in the communities that you cover? Um, yeah, so I uh, cover the downtown neighborhoods um, and the West Loop. You know, those are communities that haven't really seen um they haven't really had to put up a lot of their own resources uh, in terms of housing um, and uh, just like community aid to help with this crisis. Um, And so it's interesting because when I look at a lot of the uh, community groups that I'm in, um, like on Facebook or social media, whatever it might be, a lot of it is centered around how can we help? Like, how can we collect, like doing different drives to collect uh, baby clothes, food, you know, coats when people are coming in the wintertime and they didn't have like the proper uh, supplies. And so um, I would be really interested to see if the conversation shifts, if it turns into people being housed in the West Loop or in downtown because, um, and I feel like this is something and uh, this is something that we're seeing is people say we, we want to help them, we want to help them. And then they, uh, they're they coming into certain neighborhoods to be housed, whether it be at like the, the police district stations, unfortunately, or, you know, a lot of the vacant schools and all of a sudden the conversation turns around into, oh, we want to help them, but we don't want to help them here. Every single week on CityCast, we want to make sure we're looking at these conversations in a nuanced way and also sort of, you know, flipping over the things people might not have paid as much attention to. And when we stay on what's happening with the the, the arriving asylum seekers, uh, a report came out this week that says City Council's Immigration Committee, you know, maybe hasn't been doing enough to, to get together to talk about this. Charles, can you provide us some more information? Not just enough. I was reading this article and um, basically they haven't they didn't meet in a year. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you talk about like the this crisis and the fact that we have a whole committee dedicated to like immigrant and refugee rights, yet they haven't met in a year. And the, and the first time they met was like April. It shows you like not only, you know, where, where we slow at responding, but we're not a forward thinking government at all. It's like, if we're going to name ourselves a sanctuary city, that has huge implications. That means a lot. That means that when global crisis does happen and refugees do come to the Americas, like we have to be prepared. We have to build infrastructure. We have to build education. We have to consider these things to prepare for the arrival of people who are seeking asylum. And the fact that, um, you have a committee in city council that was created by Lori Lightfoot 
that kind of um, just waited for crisis to happen in order to meet is wild. Yeah. And I think they've only met one time in just this year. So across that year, they were just sort of putting off coming together. And like you said, this isn't going anywhere. And it's not just this crisis. We're in the middle of a climate crisis that's going to impact massive waves of migration in the years and decades to come. And if the city wants to like you say, be a sanctuary city, then you actually have to be one in infrastructure, right? In investment and not in sort of name and rhetoric alone. It's not just the subcommittee on immigration. It's the subcommittee on on anti-violence reforms and environmental Mm -hmm. justice that have, Mm -hmm. again, created what seems like layers of accountability and effort. But if y'all not meeting together, if y'all are not figuring out creative solutions, uh, then we're, we're just looking at these sort of hollow chains of command. Another important thing to point out is that um, a lot of the times these committees are created and they're symbolic and they have a lot of meaning. But then again, they don't meet. And at the same time, they waste hundreds and thousands of dollars in city funding that could be going towards something else that would possibly be more impactful. And so like, I, I, I believe this specific committee, it was between 140 and $150,000 that was spent in staffing costs. And it's like, damn, we could have used that for something else. Uh-huh. And so um, that's super unfortunate. Uh, Another thing city council is going to be tasked with dealing with and thinking about um, during their tenure is what the hell is happening with property taxes across Chicago? We know that within the last year, people have gotten these bills that have just jumped outrageous percentage points on their property taxes. But some recent reporting is trying to provide people with the tools to maybe fight back against that. Melody, can you update us? Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, my partner and I uh, own property and well, the property, not like multiple, but we, we own our home. <laughs> and so, um, damn, that'd be nice. Right. Um, anyways, uh, so <laughs> I like how quickly you call yourself. It's like, so we have property. <laughs> hey, I don't want people to think we out here doing it plural. <laughs> I'm manifesting. So, um, <laughs> Um, so uh, Monica Eng with Axios Chicago, she's doing this four-part series about, you know, the Cook County property taxes and how you can appeal um, your most recent assessment. And if it's denied, how you should FOIA for the own data that was used in your to, to formulate um, your assessment, because a lot of the times they're using outdated or incorrect data. Um, and, you know, that was something that I didn't even think about. And, you know, we're reporters. That's something that, you know, we file FOIAs all the time. And that's something that I've never thought about. And that's the Freedom of Information Act that allows you to basically get, you know, government information, make it public. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Um, But a lot of the times that you call an agency and you want specific information, they're going to hit you with the, well, we can't give you that unless you file a FOIA. And it's crazy because you're talking about information that's pertinent, like, to yourself. (laughs) That's that's wild (laughs) for somebody to respond to you and say, I might eventually have to give this to you, but you're going to have to make me give you your information or information about your community. That is that's bold yeah. and brazen. That's if we're talking about <laughs> Chicago Goonies, like that's that's the Chicago way right there. Nah, go on get that for you. 
Now nah, pull up with the foyer. Yeah. Go back. Go pop the foyer trunk and come yeah. back with it. It's crazy. And, you know, I think um, that's something that not a lot of people would know about. And so I just thought that this was uh, really, like, thoughtful and just really easy to follow along. Because, again, property taxes, boring, but also at the same time, right. it's important to, to, to know, like, what goes into your assessment and, you know, what steps you can take to successfully appeal that. Yeah. Monica has been covering this since she got her bill and. Her condo, her property taxes went up 71%. And she found that the assessor's office was using outdated information. And I appreciate that beyond just sort of doing this for herself, then made this information accessible to the rest of Chicago because, you know, Chicagoans are, are rightfully pissed off about this. And so I, I'm interested to see if this information will help, you know, m more people than not moving forward. Every single episode of City Cash Chicago ends with some good news to get the people through the weekend and events, some personal news, things you're looking forward to. Charles, what's your good news for the City Cash folks today? So June 3rd will be a very busy day for me. Um, I'm going to two events. Number one is uh, Imagine Inglewood's Peace Fest. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a fest that highlights uh, gun violence. Be on the lookout for that. Um, but number two, the event that I'm co-hosting with my buddy, Ricardo Gamboa is the Hood YZ's uh, Hope Apocalyptic. We have a Hope Apocalyptic series with different episodes, but this episode should be our biggest one yet because we are having um, Abanzan's labor unions, Chris Smalls, as a special guest at the CTU building. And so we're inviting everyone to come and party with the Hood YZ. We are uh, Chicago's only radical live news talk show. And yeah, we got live DJ, free drinks, so come <laughs> through. Yeah, doors open at 6.30, but we party all night long, so. And we're going to drop a link for tickets in the show notes to both uh, Imagine Inglewood's Peace Fest. Make sure you're wearing orange that day uh, to support survivors uh, of, of gun violence in this city and those who have been impacted. Uh, but also, we're going to drop a link to the Hawazi. June 3rd is going to be a huge day. Uh, so again, if you ain't got some events marked on your calendar, head over to the show notes. Melody, I want to bring you in here. What is your some good news for the good people of Chicago today? I'm going on vacation. <laughs> I Come on. am. Celebrate yeah. yourself. Here we go. I'm excited. Um, I am going to Korea for about two weeks um, with my partner and uh, his family. Um, and I'm really excited. I'm going to do a lot of shopping. Um, <laughs> I'm going to eat a lot of good food. And we're going to hit up some really cool towns. And I'm very excited. That is really beautiful. Is there anything above all that's on your itinerary that you know you got to hit? Um, so Korea is really well known for its beef. Um, there's like a whole Netflix documentary and all the different kinds of cuts that they have. And I'm obsessed um, and I love to eat. Uh, so I, I really got to go to a really good um, Korean barbecue spot to try some of that uh, special cuts of beef. Come on. Well, I'm excited for both of y'all. Y'all got a venture out hosting. You finna take you a, a nice little vacation across the world. Uh, beautiful kickoff to y'all summer thus far. And me, uh, I want to 
give people another thing they can look forward to this summer. Uh, so my Some Good News comes out of the Black Ensemble Theater in Uptown. Uh, one, they're working on expanding their footprint in the neighborhood uh, by investing in a free-to-be village, which will include a media center, new performance spaces, affordable housing, a cafe, recording studio, and so much more. I love the Black Ensemble Theater and the productions they put on up there. And so I'm hoping that this process moves smoothly for them. It still has to go through city council, uh, but it's been something, I think, 14 years in the making uh, and they're hoping to deliver on. And then I am planning to stop by the Black Ensemble Theater this weekend, finally, for the Real Housewives of Motown, written and directed by Michelle Renee Bester. Uh, there is not a lot of information. It is basically looking at the wives of the Motown era superstars. I mean, if you know Motown, the women was putting down too. So I'm, I'm interested mm -hmm. to see which artists they focus on, which wives, but all weekend, I'm going to be bumping my Motown ones on my record player. I'm excited to see this show. I literally have been talking about it, dating all the way back to our theater preview sometime in like January or February. Uh, so the preview started this week and the show runs until July. So if you got some time, I'll drop links in that as well uh, to keep your weekend packed. But also hopefully from listening to this good news, you start planning your own vacations, whether whether it's a quick road trip through the Midwest, we had an episode yesterday, so you can check that out so you can get some road trip opportunities, or even if you're planning uh, to travel far and wide, both in or outside of the country. You know, let's get this summer started off right for everybody. Charles, Melody, thank y'all for joining us on CityCast Chicago. This has been a beautiful morning. I appreciate y'all both. Thank you. Thank you. Before I let you go, you know I got to thank the people who make CityCast Chicago possible. Shout out to lead producer Simone Alisea, our fantastic newsletter editor Sydney Madden. The wonderful producers this week were Natalie Rivera, Elizabeth Kama, and Noah Snyderman. Every week we got that beautiful music you love to hear from the one and only Sam Thousand, all the kimonos, and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell your friends about it? Rate the show and please leave us a review wherever you can and make sure you subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. We're going to be back bright and early Tuesday because you know we got to take us some, some Memorial Day extended weekend time for ourselves. So we'll be back in your inbox and in your feed Tuesday morning. We'll talk to you then. Peace. Are we frozen? Are you frozen, Melody? <laughs> you singing melodies to Melody? <laughs> nah, no, no, no. I'm going to sing to you too, Charlie P. Charlie Parker, <laughs> I'm going to sing it to you too. <laughs>